Hi guys, welcome to episode 16 of Cooking in Convos. So glad that you're here. As I mentioned at the end of my last episode, I have a special treat I'd like to share with you guys today. I'm running an episode of my friend's podcast, No Recipe Required. Leslie Taylor is in a similar food space as my podcast, and I thought you'd really enjoy listening to her show. She's all about creating ease in the kitchen, finding things you already have in your pantry or fridge to cook your meals. I love that. She even dabbles a little into wine on her podcast as well. I also love that too. But this episode is solely going to focus on risotto. I know a lot of folks are intimidated by risotto, but she makes it seem so easy and, of course, so tasty. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Recipe Required podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Taylor, and today I'm going to be taking you through my No Recipe recipe on how to make risotto. So um, hope you enjoy. And let's get cooking. Okay, so let's talk about risotto. Um, I think I've been making this for years and years. I mentioned in my previous episode about um, one of my early uh, TV chef um, inspirations was Jeff Smith, the frugal gourmet. Um, That's where I learned to make risotto. And uh, I've been trying to perfect it ever since. So if you're uninitiated or maybe never had risotto before, it's kind of a big, creamy, savory um, pool of uh, rice in a cheesy kind of sauce, um, for lack of a better description. But it is such comfort food. Um, It's now moving into middle of the fall here in Canada and uh, it's the perfect time to start making risotto. Though I have to admit, I kind of make risotto 12 months of the year because you can make some really nice summery risottos as well. They're not cold, but they're lighter in flavor and maybe flavored with some lemon and things like that. Anyway, we're going to talk about just the the basics of risotto. Um, I think, as I mentioned in that previous episode, um, risotto can be flavored any way you want. So what I'm going to be talking about today are just some of the basics around uh, how to make the, the base of a risotto that you can add any kind of flavor that you want to. You can add any kind of herbs. You can add protein to it if you want. You can have it just as is. Um, Lots of cheese, a little bit of cheese, different kinds of cheese. It doesn't really matter. Or no cheese, although I kind of think that's a little bit sacrilegious to make risotto without cheese, but you do you. Anyway, let's talk about um, my process of how I go about making risotto. The first thing I have to do is a bit of a pantry audit. And what I mean by that is check to see if I have the ingredients that I need. um, And do I need to make a quick quick trip to the grocery store to get anything else to sub in? Because there are a few things that are kind of critical in making risotto. And I'll talk about what those things are. Other things are entirely uh, optional. So, and we'll get to those as well. So the first thing I look for in my pantry, my fridge, uh, or do I need to go shopping for is the rice. Um, there is a specific kind of rice you need to make risotto. It's known as arborio rice or carnaroli rice. Either one of those, uh, they're Italian rices. They're short grain rice. They're very high in starch, which is what um, makes risotto so creamy. It's the bringing out of that starch in the cooking process that um, makes that risotto nice and creamy. So you must have arborio or carnaroli. You can spend a lot of money on those if you go to a specialty shop. But honestly, Unico brand here in 
Ontario, probably across Canada, um, makes a risotto that it, or sorry, not a risotto, but a, uh, a an arborio rice that comes in a cellophane pack that is really not that expensive. So you don't have to spend a ton of money on your arborio rice. The next thing you need is stock. Um, it can be homemade if you're being fancy. It can come out of a Tetra pack. So um, either, you know, like a chicken stock, vegetable stock, mushroom stock is one of my new favorites. Um, I, If I can, when I'm buying stock, I try to buy the stock with no salt added, which allows me then to control the amount of salt in the finished product. Um, a lot of uh, commercial stocks have a lot of salt in them. So you really need to be careful about that. Or you can mix, you can use one container of uh, stock with salt and another container of stock without salt, um, whatever you happen to have on hand. So chicken stock, vegetable stock, mushroom stock, you can use canned stock if you want. So keep in mind that if you buy stock in a can, it's going to be concentrated. It's, um, I think they call it condensed. So it needs to have water added to it. You can't use it just as is, and it will have a lot of salt in it. Um, there's another product called better than bullion, which I've used and it's very tasty. Um, the one I've used uh, most recently is their beef stock. It comes in a jar. It's a paste that you add boiling water to, to make stock. I just discovered one that's called better than bullion vegetarian chicken stock. So I'm guessing it's a vegetable base that's flavored to taste like chicken. I haven't used it yet, but I'm going to give that one a try soon. Or you can use just a good old fashioned OXO uh, bullion cube with some boiling water. Um, in terms of the amount of stock that you need, you need roughly four times the amount of stock as you do rice. And I'm going to talk about proportions a little bit later, um, but four to one is your ratio. So if you're using a cup of rice, you're going to need at least four cups of stock. You, it, it's always safer to have a little bit more than to run out. Although if you do run out, I've in a pinch, just use some boiling water um, and then added a little bit of salt if necessary. So there is that as a little bit of a cheat. The other thing you need are um, aromatics. Number one aromatic for me is onions. The onions get cooked down. So even if you say, oh, I don't like onions, um, they're cooked down so much that they are soft, they're translucent, translucent, and onions add so much flavor to things. I honestly can't think of making a risotto without adding onions. Add a small amount of onions if you don't want a lot of onions. Yes, you can sub garlic, you can sub uh, shallots or shallots, however you want to pronounce it, uh, for onions. Those types of things are the main aromatics that you'll use. You can use onion and garlic in your um, uh, in your dish as well any combination. Other things that qualify as ar aromatics would be mushrooms, either whole mushrooms, or uh, I don't usually put them in whole, I chop them up. And the finer they're chopped up, the more they will kind of release their flavor. Um, or you can use um, dried mushrooms that you reconstitute by adding boiling water. So like a porcini mushroom, uh, which is also really, really nice, but make sure you don't throw away that liquid because it is like gold, the liquid that you soak your dried mushrooms in. Um, can be part of the stock that you're using. 
Um, fennel uh, or anise, it's sometimes called, is a bulb, uh, kind of looks a little bit like celery on top, but it's got a large bulb, has a bit of a licorice slash dill flavor to it, is also a really nice aromatic that you can use. Celery's an aromatic, carrots an aromatic, any of those things are aromatic. So choose whatever aromatics you happen to have lying around. But I have to say onion and garlic and probably mushrooms in third place are my favorites. The next thing you need is some type of hard cheese. Traditionally, it's Parmesan, um, or you can use Romano, Pecorino, any other type. A Grana Padano is another. Any type of hard cheese that you can grate. You could even use a goat cheese if you want, or a feta cheese. It would give a completely different flavor, but you need some type of cheese that can either be grated or crumbled or um, uh, mixed into the, the finished product. The cheese is added at the end. Another thing I think is really important, and this also kind of comes into the aromatic family, is white wine. You could use red wine, but I've used red in the past and it kind of makes the whole thing look sort of pink, which I don't really love the look of. So that's why I tend to stick with white wine. You could also use vermouth, although you would use probably half to a quarter of the amount of vermouth as you would white wine, just because it's that much more concentrated. You could also use uh, white wine vinegar or white balsamic vinegar. Anything like that can be use. It just adds sort of a bump of flavor to your risotto. Another thing that's optional, but I put in almost always, uh, are fresh herbs, rosemary, thyme, basil, tarragon, um, marjoram, oregano, whatever you happen to like in the fresh herb family. If you don't have fresh, you can definitely use um, dried herbs, although you'll add them at a different time if you're using dried versus fresh. Fresh herbs, usually you're going to add towards the end of cooking um, because you don't want to cook them for too long, whereas dried herbs you'll add at the beginning because they need a little bit more time for all the flavors to, uh, to come out. And finally, olive oil. You can use any oil. You could even use butter. You have to be careful with butter um, or margarine because it can burn. Um, but I usually use olive oil. You could use any type of oil, to be honest. I just like the flavor of olive oil. So those are the main ingredients that you need. We'll talk a little bit later about other things that you can add in in terms of types of protein and that um, that you can add to it. But to make a basic risotto, that's really all you need. The other thing you have to think about is cookware. So what are you going to cook your risotto in? Um, I often use, I have a Le Creuset pan. Um, it's sort of like a Dutch oven, but it's got shorter sides. Um, maybe a brazier would be probably the best way to describe it. You could do it in a full-size Dutch oven. You could do it in a frying pan. You could do it in something called a sauteuse. You could do it in a cast iron frying pan even. Um, my favorite pan lately to cook it in is something called Scan Pan, which is a, a line of nonstick pans from Denmark. And um, it's really heavy, heavy bottomed, uh, but it has a nonstick uh, layer on the inside. And it just makes cooking risotto an absolute breeze. But really, you can use any kind of pan that you have. Um, one thing to keep in mind with your pan is um, the shape and size of your pan is going to have an effect on how much liquid you're going to need for your risotto. If you're using a shallow and wide pan, 
a lot of the liquid's going to evaporate more quickly than if you use a pan that's narrower and deeper. So you need to take that into consideration when you're planning how much liquid you're going to need. So you need to think about, okay, what pan am I going to make it in? And it needs to be big enough that you can stir the risotto without, um, uh, without it spilling over the sides. Okay, so those are just some things to think about as it relates to uh, choosing your um, cookware. Uh, you'll need a spatula of some kind or a spoon, a wooden spoon. A, um, depending on your cookware, you could use a metal spoon. You could also use silicone or nylon. It doesn't really matter. Um, portion sizes. So I do everything based on proportions in terms of my measurements. Portion sizes... I think four to six portions at a time is manageable. Anything more than that, and you probably have to have two pans going at once. It's really hard to cook more than four to six portions of uh, risotto in a pan. Um, if you are making risotto as a main course, I usually start with half a cup of arboreal rice per person for a main course and quarter of a cup if it's being used as a side dish or as an appetizer. You can adjust from there. Um, there isn't really any benefit to having leftover risotto. Um, there's a saying, uh, risotto waits for no one which I learned again from watching Jeff Smith, the frugal gourmet, uh, although he learned it from some old Italian lady who taught him how to make risotto. When risotto's ready, it's ready and you serve it and everybody eats it. It can't sit on the stove. You can't take it to somebody's house. You could start it at home and finish it at someone's house, but honestly, you have to make it and eat it. And it's ready to go in 25 minutes. So you need to sort of think of your timing as well. So as I said, half a cup of arboreal rice per person, if you are having it as a main course, quarter cup, if it's as an appetizer, as a side dish. Um, you can use leftover if you happen to have any uh, in something called arancini, which is a pan fried rice ball or a deep fried rice ball. So basically you use leftover um, risotto. You put a piece of um, cheese in the middle. Usually it's a cheese like a mozzarella or um, some other type of melty cheese in the center. You wrap the rice, the leftover rice around it. You coat it in breadcrumbs and then you deep fry it and serve it with the marinara sauce. Arancini is fantastic with leftover risotto, but uh, we're not talking about that today. Maybe I'll do another episode on arancini, but if you do have leftover risotto, you can keep it for that if you're so inclined. So the ratios are the first thing that's important because I'm going to talk a lot about ratios when it comes to how much rice, how much of other ingredients, how much liquid. Um, the other thing that's really important is your mise en place, which is a fancy French term for putting all your ingredients in little bowls. Um, it's kind of like they do on all the cooking shows, and there's a reason for it. It means that, and it's especially important with risotto because you're adding these ingredients as you go. And if you're busy chopping your onions, uh, or maybe onions isn't the right one because that's one of the first ingredients you put in, but if you're busy chopping up an ingredient while your risotto is starting to cook, it's possible that you could overcook something or burn something uh, if you're not paying attention to what's going on in your pot. So I recommend that you 
chop everything up ahead of time, put it all in little bowls, do your mise en place. That also helps you in planning for when you want to serve your risotto. Because like I said, from the time you start until it's ready to serve, we're talking about 25 minutes. So you can prep all your ingredients ahead of time. And then when your guests arrive, or even if you're just cooking for your family, that way you know, hey, it's 25 minutes to when we want to sit down to dinner. Now's the time to start cooking the risotto. So that's my biggest tip. Do your mise en place. Um, so as I said, you can do it well in advance. You can even do it a day in advance. You can chop up everything that you need, get it all measured out and ready to go so that when the time comes to cook it, um, there's really no prep required. So um, after you've done your mise en place, the next thing to do is to heat up your broth. So risotto is made with, unlike other rice where you add cold water to cold rice, turn on the heat and put the lid on, risotto is cooked by adding the broth slowly over a period of time. As it gets absorbed, you add more broth, add more broth. But the key to this is you need to have warm broth. You can't be putting cold broth in because what that does then is it brings down the temperature of what you're cooking and it kind of wrecks everything. So the first thing you want to do is heat up your broth. So based on proportions, as I mentioned before, you need about um, four parts of stock. I'd even err on the side of caution and maybe say five parts of stock to one part of rice. So if you were making two portions for dinner, you and a friend or loved one, uh, and you were using a cup of arborio rice for those two full-size portions, you would need four to five cups of stock. So one part rice, you need also about one part of wine. So if you're using your white wine, so if you have one cup of rice, you're going to use one cup of wine. If you're using vermouth, I would use half a cup. If you're using white wine vinegar or um, a white balsamic vinegar, I'd probably only use about half a cup. I wouldn't use a full cup. It would be too much. Um, you also need one part of finely diced onion. So again, if it's a cup of rice, you're going to use a cup of onion uh, and the same one part cheese. So gra uh, grated cheese. So if you're using Parmesan, you would have one cup of uh, Parmesan cheese, which is what you're going to add that at the end. But in terms of your mise en place, those are your ratios. One part rice, one part wine, four to five parts stock, one part finely diced onion, and one part cheese. Another good tip is boil your kettle. Just in case you get to the end and you run out of stock and your rice still isn't cooked and you need to add a little bit of water, it's handy to have that hot water or boiling water um, on hand. And you're going to need about one tablespoon, one to two tablespoons of oil per cup of rice. So the next step is you're going to heat up your olive oil in, in, he in a heavy bottom pan, which I talked about before, um, the types of pans that you should choose, and um, over medium-high heat. You don't want it too high um, because you don't want anything to start burning. Once the oil has heated up, you're going to add your onions and your garlic if you're using it, and any other aromatics such as mushrooms, fennel, celery, carrots, etc. You're going to saute those. Um, until they become, until the onions become translucent. So you want them to cook down a little bit. They're going to re release a little bit of water. Even if you add mushrooms, it's going to add a little bit of water as well. So saute down your um, aromatics until they're nice and tender and the onions are translucent. 
Then you're going to add your rice, dry rice into the pan. Similar to if you were making a rice pilaf, you're going to add just raw rice into the pan and stir around to coat it in the oil for about two or three minutes. Again, what's going to happen is the oil is going to coat the rice and that helps um, for the the broth to absorb maybe a little bit more slowly. It also kind of toasts the grains of rice a little bit and gives some extra flavor. So don't skimp on this part. You'll know that the rice is kind of ready when it starts to glisten, but you don't have to, it's not that fancy and you don't have to be that precious about it. Just, um, stir your rice into your, um, into your aromatics and the oil and make sure that everything is coated really, really well. The next thing you're going to add once that is ready to go is you're going to add your wine um, or wine alternative. I'm just going to say wine for simplicity here. You're going to add the wine and stir until it's all been incorporated. There'll be a nice big puff of steam that comes off when you add that oil to your pan. That is the only cold ingredient you're going to add. So you need to let it come back up to temperature, make sure that it's all bubbling. And you know, the cooking of the wine at the high temperature is what burns off um, the alcohol in it. So if you're cooking for children or people who don't um, imbibe in alcohol, you can still use the wine and the alcohol will cook off at that temperature. Next, you're going to start uh, adding in your broth and you're going to add that in, in one half to one cup uh, increments at a time. I usually start with maybe a cup and then in half cup increments after that. Um, there is, you know, maybe a myth out there about having to stir risotto constantly. No, you don't have to stir it constantly, but you do have to stir it regularly. If you see a recipe out there that calls for a no stir risotto, I don't think that's really risotto. And, you know, maybe some people will argue with me, but the stirring of the rice is what brings the starch out in the rice, which is what makes it creamy. It's what makes it thicken over time, that starch, that natural starch that's in the rice. And if you don't stir it, it's really hard for that, um, that, uh, starch to come out. So I encourage you to stir frequently, if not consistently, but if you have to stop to turn your back or talk to somebody or whatever, and you don't stir for a couple minutes, it's not a big deal, but you should be stirring on a regular basis. You want to reduce the heat to a medium low. You do not want this to boil. What will happen is if it boils is your liquid's going to evaporate too quickly. And then you're, like I said, with the shape of the pan, if you're using a wide pan, a lot of evaporation is going to occur. The same thing is true if you are cooking at too high a heat. Also, if you're using certain kinds of pans, the risotto might actually get stuck to the bottom of the pan, which makes it a pain in the neck to clean up later. So unless you're using a nonstick pan, like the scan pan I talked about earlier. Um, so I would say you want to stir it regularly, um, do it at a medium low heat, just so that you can see some bubbles and stuff coming up, but you don't want this to be a rapid boil at all. As the liquid gets absorbed, so you'll start to see that, um, you know, you add a half a cup of liquid, you stir it around, it looks kind of liquidy and it gets absorbed and it evaporates and then it starts to look uh, thicker, right? Because maybe like rice pudding a little bit, um, maybe even thicker than that. 
maybe rice pudding that's been sitting around for a couple of days. Anyway, when it gets to that point, you want to add another half a cup of liquid. So as the liquid is absorbed, you want to then continue adding to it. In terms of time, and I mentioned this before, time is, like I said, about 20 to 25 minutes. But it's not always, it depends on the amount that you're cooking, the temperature you're cooking at, and all kinds of other variables. But you can usually bet on 20 to 25 minutes. So when you're about 18 to 20 minutes in, you want to taste your rice. That's really the only way to know whether it's ready. It should not be crunchy at all. If there's any crunchiness, you got to keep cooking. You have to keep adding broth uh, until it is no longer crunchy, but you don't want it to be mushy either. So you know how they talk about pasta being al dente. You want your risotto to be a little bit al dente as well, but you'll know because if you taste it and it's a little bit chalky, then it's like, oh, it's not quite ready. Or if there's a bit of a hard center in the, in the middle of the grain of rice, then it's not ready yet. So just keep adding. And you might add stock in smaller increments the closer you get to it being done. Also, the risotto, when you're getting ready to finish it, it should be slightly more runny than what you would want the final product to be. Because when you add the cheese and plate it up, it's going to firm up. Um, so it'll be a little bit like a thick porridge. So when you spoon it into a pasta bowl, it should only just spread out a little bit. It shouldn't go run right across the plate. It should sort of hole in a little mound. And I usually serve mine in pasta bowls. It just makes it a little bit easier to eat than on a plate. Um, so you, you kind of have to play around with the, uh, the texture a little bit in terms of how much liquid. So, um, your final addition of liquid is going to get it to the point where it's not too runny, not too thick, just like Goldilocks in the porridge, not too hot, not too cold, just right. And this is the part that, you know, maybe takes a little bit of, of expertise. You're going to add the Parmesan, the grated Parmesan. Also check the seasoning. Um, if you want to be really decadent, you can stir in one to two tablespoons of unsalted butter before you add the cheese. Uh, because I, I mentioned earlier, you don't really need butter, but butter just makes everything taste better. So you could add that in. If you have fresh herbs, you can add those in at that time. If you were using dried herbs, I should have mentioned you should have added it a little bit sooner. Um, you can even add herbs. And I usually put the stem end of my onion into the broth while it's simmering. It just adds a little bit of extra flavor. Those are things that you can do as well. And as I mentioned, you need to serve this immediately. Um, you can drizzle some uh, high quality extra virgin olive oil or even a balsamic glaze on top before serving. You can put some fresh herbs on top before serving, maybe another um, grate of Parmesan or Romano cheese on top before serving and uh, make sure that everybody knows when you're say five minutes out, tell everybody to come to the table because that's when uh, the risotto will be served. So those are all my tips around risotto. Hopefully I have not missed anything. I have lots of photos on my Instagram page that talk about risotto and show you what the finished product is like. I think I might um, repost those so that you can see them, uh, the sort of step-by-step -step of making risotto. Maybe that's what I'll make for dinner tonight and I'll take a few new photos for you. So hopefully you enjoyed this uh, episode on risotto. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on DM at in, on Instagram at noreciperequired.ca or you can email me at 
uh, cook at noreciperequired.ca. Either way, hope you enjoy cooking and uh, I would love to see and hear uh, the results of your risotto. So please tag me if you make it so that I can see what you've done and I'll reshare your posts as well. So anyway, happy cooking. And look at this, this rest, this uh, episode 25 minutes long, a little, almost 26 minutes long, about the same amount of time it takes to make your risotto. So um, maybe you'll listen to this while you're making your risotto. Uh, anyway, talk to you all next time and keep on cooking. Hey, no recipe required listeners. Um, asking a favor. If you liked this episode or any of my episodes, I'd really appreciate it if you would uh, like, comment, subscribe, whether it's on uh, Instagram to any of my posts, uh, share this episode or any of my episodes with your friends, uh, DM me on Instagram, DM me or email me at cook at norecipyrequired.ca. Um, as an independent podcaster, I rely on listeners like you to share the heck out of this uh, to get it into as many ears as possible. So thanks again for listening and keep on cooking.